Music, industry talk, stories, equipment and more. We are Crossfader and this is Off, 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 off the Record. Yo, welcome back to the DJ podcast off the record, hosted by Crossfader. And this is Jamie Hartley speaking. And next to me, I've got Danny James. Yeah, back for another episode. You'll notice there's one person missing there is. compared to the other episodes. Lawrence James. Yep. It's we holiday hate, time. We hate you, man. Yeah, jealous. <laughs> he's uh yeah, he's on holiday, enjoying the sun now that it's absolutely changed for the worse here <sighs> in the UK. The weather is dreadful. Uh, but yeah, he'll be back again, hopefully see how it lands maybe in the next podcast or maybe we've got another special with just us too maybe but we've got a great podcast lined up as always me and danny are going to be talking about our best and worst gigs the things that we've come across in our career it's something that was brought up um in our discord channel someone was asking questions saying they've listened to previous podcasts and found it really useful when we talked about you know our own experiences in the past because it's hard to kind of get across um in any other way, how to read a crowd, how to kind of understand and navigate that club situation and circuit. But before we get into all of that, um, news, boom, boom, boom. What's the latest news? What have you just downloaded, Danny? I have downloaded Ableton Note, which is a brand new app that came out yesterday or the day before, maybe. We saw it, or I think it was DJ Mag that put a post up about it. Yep. Um, it's basically just a mobile digital audio workstation i guess you could call it it's like a sketch version of ableton i think it's advertised as yeah there's a few others out there i know fl studio did one a few years ago as well as reason but this is ableton's first one and it is really good 4.99 yeah one off one off fee which I'm is actually yeah. cool i'm surprised they did a one-off fee situation there you yeah. just showed me it and i was like mm. whoa i'm downloading it you know it sold it to me straight away it was yeah. super sleek it looked really intuitive yeah but also very advanced as well. Like you could really take it quite far yeah. in what you can, uh, I don't know, edit, amend, do in yeah, there. There's so there's much, so you can do much with in it, yeah. there. But you can keep it really simple as well by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, it'd be quite interesting to see if they bring on board new producers through their app now or whether you mm. kind of need to understand enough about music production and have already done some music production before you go and download the app it'd be interesting to see yeah. how many people adopt it in that way but yeah yeah super cool app definitely if you're thinking about starting to produce music worth checking out for 4.99 for it's, sure. it's not not much mm. and you can just have a play around it's ipad and ios uh yeah ipad, iPad iPhone, and mobile yeah. sorry yeah, yeah. um right. and i don't know about android we'll have to check on yeah that. i'm not sure on that um yeah. yeah you might have to do some some digging, but maybe on Android, maybe not. We don't know, but definitely on iPad and mobile. So go check that out. Talking about apps, there's another app that was sort of launched and announced in this past week as well. Uh, and it's developed by, well, it's maybe not developed by, but the idea is launched from Kathy Guetta, which I think is David Guetta's wife, if I'm nice. not mistaken. Um, and she's launched this app, which is a DJ booking app called DJs. Now, it's spelled D-J-A-A-Y-Z, which I hate, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them that you're like, nah, nah. I mean, they couldn't call it D-J-A-Y because there's already algorithm DJ. Yeah, true. So it's trying to think of different ways of spelling DJ. Yeah. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, I feel like that could do a bit of, yeah. a bit of work on the name there, maybe. So, but anyway, the app is a bookings app, and it's actually for the local DJs. It's launched in the UK and France, as I believe, right. to start with. And say me or you, Danny, we mm -hmm. could download the app. We can yep. make like a DJ profile on there, put our fee, our rate on there. Yeah. We can say where our location is, what kind of music we play. 
um, a bit of a bio about ourselves. We can even attach attach media, so links to you know different videos to showcase you know a bit mm. about us. Yeah, and then it's basically a booking platform where you know the local. Um, promoter yeah. or even somebody who needs someone for a party could go on there and start searching through by location by fee yeah and narrow down and try and find djs that are relevant to maybe the the work that they need that dj to do right and you can choose whether you're like available for private gigs corporate gigs yeah small clubs or big big festivals or bigger club mm -hmm. situations and you can choose which of those you know you want to be you know booked for right uh it looks pretty cool i've so had a look around the app so you'd you'd sign up to say yeah. whether you're a customer or a, a DJ. Exactly right? that, okay. I think. Nice. Yeah. So there's like a DJ area that you can sign up to. Right. Um, and it does look pretty cool. Again, it's only just launched. So I, I already can see lots of things where there needs to be reviews in there. So when mm. someone's been booked, someone can leave a review. So it builds yeah. up that kind of, um, you know, rapport around the DJ. Mm, for sure. Yeah. It's quite interesting. I, I was thinking about this a few months ago. I was like, do you know what? The DJ industry needs this. And I, I spoke to Katie about it and she was like, we've got enough on with CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. not doing this, but yeah. it's like a LinkedIn, you know, it's yeah, almost like sure. a specific LinkedIn for yeah. DJs and you can book directly through there. And I think yeah. you make the payments through there as well. Nice. So I'm guessing that's how they, they take a cut of the Yeah. Payment. I was going to say, is that how they make um, the money? But I mean, it's it's all trackable then as well, which is yeah, quite yeah. good. It's really good. Um, so that's another bit of news in the DJ world. Mm. Let me see what else I've got written down. <laughs> we have, oh, we have Denon. Denon DJ. We do. So if if you've been around online, you might have come across the fact that Denon DJ might have some new products coming. Now, Maybe we we don't know. You know, who knows? There's been a leak. Maybe these all elusive leaks. Yep. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> so if you if you've been looking around online, um, you might have seen that there's two new products. Well, we think there's two new products coming from Denon because the l pictures look legit. Um, mm. We can't say if they are the exact products or not, but they look like new products to me. They do. Um, there's one called an SC Live Two and an SC Live Four. It looks like a similar kind of setup and and approach to the prime two and the prime four but yeah. laid out much more like a pioneer yeah it does look pioneer all-in-one unit so yeah when i saw it i was like that looks very pioneer-esque yeah that's the word i give it <laughs> it's but, interesting yeah. because nice. uh, maybe the yeah maybe people have just said long and hard look if it was more like pioneer we'd probably yeah. buy it yeah so they might have listened and gone well, let's make it more that's like probably pioneer. a massive thing though that's why people stay on pioneer is that familiarity when you're on it you know so Okay, so there's a flip side to this, though. So if, if this is the case and they're going more down, like they want it to look and feel like a Pioneer product, mm. then, you know, where does it become more of an imitation? And actually yeah. it's not leading the way. It's just imitating what True. is already popular. And why would someone get something that looks like a competitor when they could just get the Go competitors? Get it, yeah. um, so I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. I w yeah. I'm excited to get my hands on them if that's the case. And th these, mm. these are the products. Um, obviously we will if they are the products we will have hands-on and have reviews and things out so fingers crossed on that one mm. be interesting to see and rain are still leaking bits of this new equipment that they've got i saw they shared on yeah. instagram the other day um a, a, a section of like the effects so mm. where the effects are um so again that's obviously still in the pipeline yeah. too so exciting who knows is there anything you want from a new denim product um 
Yeah. More like Banyu. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I would say just the, the only one thing that's always bothered me with Denon is just the effects. That's all I can slate it on, really. I mean, See, amen to that. Yeah. Because all everything else they've just nailed. It's like, do you remember when we went to that Denon event and they released, was it the, um, oh, what was it called? It's when they showed us the Prime Go. But they released the new uh, players as well, didn't they? In the SC six thousands. Yeah. yeah. So when we saw eight, them eight, compared to like the SC five thousands, is it? Is that yeah, yeah, it yeah. That was a preview. They just looked like so much nicer. It's like a whole fresh new look, and we like loved it, and it looked great. And all the features are fantastic. And then it's just like you get to the effects on the mixer. The it's mixer like, wasn't really an upgrade. They just, nah, it went yeah. from X eighteen hundred to X eighteen fifty, and I still can't remember what these. It was like a slightly darker were. color. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe I think there was one things. more effect on it yeah, or something. But maybe. but yeah, I agree. I think yeah, if they can nail them. that mixer section and and include much better onboard effects, yeah, for sure. then that will be big deciding factor because even just down to simple things like fair enough if only you use an echo and a reverb which are the most popular effects mm. but they've got to sound clean and nice yeah. to use and work really well they do and i still think like the reverb isn't great on the no. den stuff in my opinion compared to pioneers it sounds a bit too holly and a bit too yeah. like, concert hall kind of esque yeah um and it's not to say you can't adjust all the parameters of it but you don't want to go fiddling all the parameters. You just want it no. to sound nice to start with. Yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah, let's see how that plays out. We'll definitely do a comparison if if these products land in the studio yep. and test Fingers the crossed. effects against Pioneer. Um, okay, so in the studio, we've just recently put a video out about DJ headphones. So if you haven't seen that, yeah. go check out our socials. And obviously on YouTube, we've got this main comparison video that we've compiled. And it's something that I kind of put together. It's something that I've wanted to do for ages, actually. And it's really hard to review headphones. It's mm. really hard to review speakers because you can't hear what they sound like, you know. And a lot of it comes down to personal preference. Big so time. I made this video that was kind of like a guide on what to think about when buying headphones. And we just judged it on the fact that we've now accumulated quite a lot of different brands of headphone in mm. the studio. Yeah. Um, we've both been using all the headphones for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I won't... I won't go too much into the video, but basically what we did is think about, you know, what are the different um, areas of DJ headphone buying? Like, what do you need to think about? Whether it's the sound quality, the value, you know, how adaptable they are and how, you know, how they move on your head and, or the comfort or, yeah. the, you know, if they're sustainable. So we just sort of create all these categories and then sort of pin them against each other for each category because you might want to think, well, actually, I don't need the best sound quality. I need something that's a bit cheaper, so it's not going to break the bank, mm. but it just does the job. Or you might think, you know what, sound quality is really important to me and budget, you know, I can stretch my budget. So that's the the category you want to kind of base it on. So that's yeah. how we structured it. Um, Danny, you, you've used a lot of the headphones. We're actually wearing some of them right we now. Are, yeah. <laughs> so Jeez. if you're watching this on Spotify, you'll see us donning some of the headphones. Yeah, we're both wearing the what we call the top end ones, just by chance. But just by chance, yeah. Just yeah. what was already plugged in. <laughs> yeah, they all, like you say, they all fall into different categories. Like some are better than others at different things and it's just the way it is. But I don't know, I always find myself going back to HD25s. So no matter what I use, I just go back to it just because it's like an old friend. <laughs> a little yeah, bit, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like you trust it and it works and you know it's going to do the job and they last. And Yeah. Yeah. See, it was interesting. I've Let's go, what, what headphones have you owned in the past then? So I've had the HD25s. Which is um, Sennheiser. Yep. And I've had the III TMA2s, yep. which by far look the best, I've got to say, but they just sound the worst. It's like you want them to be great, but then yeah. they're just not that fantastic when it comes to the sound. Uh, other ones I have used... I've had I had a pair of Pioneers, but they snapped. 
they were when I think they did like a they were trying to do their take on Version the HD twenty five, yeah. yeah. And then they uh, they just weren't very durable, so then went back to my HD twenty fives again. Do they still make that model? No, they don't. They uh, ah. discontinued it, but they made a new one recently, which we didn't have in the video, just because we don't have them here. But they're another similar style of the HD twenty five. So it seems to be like a lot of brands will make something similar because they know it's such a legendary product that it's like yeah. let's give it a go. Yeah, for sure. I started with some like cheap, cheap Newmark ones way back in the day, just like literally, I think they were twelve pounds or something. Nice. <laughs> um, really, like the the, the the cheapest headphones you could buy from a DJ store. Yeah. Um and I used them for ages to be fair. They yeah. did the job while I was learning. Um and I was just in a bedroom. And then I think I got bought as a present when Beats just came about. I got bought like the oh, Beats, Beats Studio yeah. headphones, and you need to put batteries in them to like oh my god, there, remember to power those, yeah. them. Um, and I actually wore them for a lot of the start of my career, just because I felt like, well, these are like a couple hundred pound headphones. Yeah, they did sound really good, but they weren't really designed for DJs. Nah, but nah. I got bought them, so I was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, uh, and I remember I used to have to like the the. the the cap that went over the batteries, it was really annoying. You know what's really annoying is rocking up to a gig and the batteries in your headphones have died like that. This is the most pointless thing yeah. ever. But that's happened a few times. I'm like, can't use my headphones. My yeah. batteries are dead. I that's did great. have at one point when Beats did the DJ headphones, you remember the mixers? That yeah, they had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they were David Getter headphones and I bought some and I literally took them back the next day. They were oh. the most uncomfortable headphones I've ever worn in my life. And they were just so bass heavy, but like to a point where it's like, too much yeah they were really bass heavy with beats by jay very um and yeah mine were falling apart by the time i then came to replace them and then i got some hg25s because they were like industry standard and i've had them for the rest of my career until you know being here at crossfader and other people sending headphones Mm -hmm. and then i've tried lots of different headphones and i'm wearing v motors right now which um I, i say in the review they're not very comfortable um short periods of time yes they're comfortable like any other headphone but mm-hmm. i've worn them on like flights for a long like for a long haul flight yeah by the end of that i was like oh they're so heavy and mm. just tight on my head um but they sound great and and it's great that you can customize them as well yeah um but I'm, i've got to a point where i'm just like you know what i love pioneers hgjq one so i go back to it in the office all the yeah. time we've got a couple of pairs that we use just plugged into our computers for editing and with mm-hmm. for just using you know when we're making mixes and they're just great easy ones to throw on and off your head yeah um and i think they kind of tick all the boxes at not a huge price point and i still go back to them when i come to djing because i mm. think they kind of give me that they fit my head well and they give me a good level of comfort and, and i like the low end in them yeah yeah so DJ headphones. If you're still thinking about purchasing or upgrading your headphones, go check out the video. It'll just give you some thinking points, you know, before you go and make a decision to buy new headphones or spend lots of money on headphones. You know, it's something that you'll see in the video. There's a range of $35 right up to $370 or something. And yeah. at the end of the day, they're all headphones. They all kind of they do are, the same yeah. thing. So. I'm wearing the expensive ones right now, the Pioneer X10s. I've seen a few people using these out and about, but it's like, 370 pounds is a lot for a pair of headphones, especially when they just get thrown in your bag, thrown around a DJ booth. It's like, can I spend that? I I think there's a good point as well, whereby if if you need good sound isolation in your headphones, Mm. then that is that will play into the price factor, and I think you might be looking slightly more premium. Yeah, and trying to you'll have to get slightly bigger headphones, which you might not like the look of. Um, just to kind of get that closed cup isolation going on. And that's if you're really like EQing and doing all your mixing in your headphones, you don't take them off your head ever, even in a club, yeah. then maybe that's important. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of DJs though will 
you know, just use the headphones to get beat matched, preview the next song. Yeah. And they'll do a lot of the mixing with the booth monitor, you know, with the music that's playing out loud so they can be in the environment of the listener because all different sound systems are kind of tweaked slightly differently and you might want to push the EQs a bit more mm-hmm. in a different environment. I know I've had that situation in yeah. clubs before where actually it it might be that it's a bit too, I don't know, they might have, set the amps up and, and the EQs up on the sound system where it's way too bass heavy and you know that. Yeah. So you actually play your whole set with the low EQ slightly down mm. just because it's it's too overpowering yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it because it's locked away in a cupboard. Yeah, and the same thing, you know, if, if it's too bass heavy, maybe the higher frequencies are just drowned out. Mm. Um, the subs are too loud. So then it's a case of like using your EQs on your mixer to kind of balance that out. So, I mean, that plays into the next thing really is we had someone in Discord asking about you know, our experiences of club gigs and yeah. you know, how to navigate technical issues, how to navigate reading a crowd and things. And that sort of leads us into that conversation. Well, yeah, for sure. is understanding the venue that you're playing in, yeah. getting used to and familiar with A, the equipment, mm-hmm. B, the sound system, and C, like the layout. There's the silly little things to, to be aware of is you don't want to w- go to a gig for the first time. And I've had this before. Go to a, a venue for the first time. You start playing. The venue gets packed out and you're like, I need a toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the and, worst. And you haven't actually scoped out where the toilet is prior. Yeah. And then you're like asking someone, where's the toilet? And you've got to fight your way through the crowd, get yeah. to the toilet. You're like, oh God, am I going to make it? Yeah, like, leave a song is, that's long enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So even down to silly things like that, like yeah. scoping out where the toilets are in case you need it mid-set yeah. is important, especially in those new venues. You might find as well asking you know, the staff, there might be a toilet that's accessible to you but not to everyone else. And yes. that's really good. You know, sometimes there's dressing rooms and things yep. or a backstage that you can get access to. Mm-hmm. So always ask those questions. If it's a new venue, ask, you know, find out about the venue, find about, you know, how to get around the venue Yeah, um, is, is really important too. Um, so what else? Technical issues. Let's say yeah. something happens in, have you had any technical issues in the past? Yeah, maybe? loads. Like it just, it's just part of the whole game i guess like it's just the way that it goes but i would always something that i used to do at every single gig especially when i started playing in like clubs and bars is just making sure i've got a backup so my backup for the longest time was i used to have i got an ipod classic that was like 120 gigs i had loads of tunes on it and i had it running uh from an rca to a jack input so it would go into my ipod and then into a channel on the mixer and then i always have always have a song ready um Mm -hmm. on a spare channel so that i knew that if a CDJ died or my laptop died or something like that. I was playing on Serato at the time or whatever it was. Yeah, I've got my backup there. Press play on the song and it's going to save me for three, four minutes, whatever it is, until I get the problem fixed. So it's always a nightmare when it happens, but it's good to have it. And then I got rid of the iPod eventually and just switched to a, um, a USB on a spare channel and then I would switch it over on the mixer. Yep. Assign channel, whatever you call it. Yeah. So I go between that and have one in my tag list ready to go. Just saves me setting up an extra iPod, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And if you ever come, same thing, if you ever come across a venue where there's three CDJs or even yes. four, always have something, even if you you know, you know don't need to use the three that are there, but no. have something loaded, ready, mm. already loaded in on that third CDJ throughout the whole night in case something happens and yeah. you know you can just put a fader up, press play, you know, if one of the other CDJs dies out. There's so many times where I've been playing in, in clubs and cdjs just die on you you know maybe they're just coming to the end of their life and it just so happens you're playing on it while it comes to the end of its life and it needs repairing or it might be that someone you know the people are getting leery and throwing drinks around and some Uh, liquid gets on the mixer or on the cdj and it it 
I mean, the best scenario is it cuts out the CDJ and you've still got one working CDJ, so you play a song on that side until the venue can swap out the CDJ, which 90% of the time they usually have one in the back or they can like get hands on another one. Yeah. If they can't, then you're stuck yeah. with one <laughs> CDJ. If you've got a laptop, I would say get familiar with using instant doubles. Yeah. You can run one side, one like Serato deck or record box deck on internal mode. And then the other deck is like DVS mode or HID mode. And you can kind of switch that way and just instant double to the other side, swap your faders over or move the crossfader across and then load your new track into the working deck again. Yeah. Um, it just means you, you don't have as much control unless you're using your laptop over the, the one that's sort of playing internally. Yeah. Um, but that's something I've had to do in the past. I played whole sets like that, just with yeah, one just deck. One deck. Yep. And just instant double, switch it across, yeah. load the next second, instant double, switch it across, and just keep repeating. Yeah. The the worst case scenario, which I've had as well, is the drink comes over and boom, mixer goes, yeah, bows out. And the thing with the mixer is if the mixer isn't oh, going to yeah. turn back on, they've got to like bring a whole new mixer into yeah. the venue. That's probably the worst, really. It is the worst yeah. because there's not much you can do about it. Now, no. uh, there's things that we've done in the past. If you've got some people around you in the booth and you've got a bit of an atmosphere going on, then you can get them to start chanting. This is something oh, that's yeah, happened yeah, with yeah. us. Get, get them to start chanting with the crowd. You know, you can, you can do things like the White Stripes melody yeah, you know try and get something that everybody knows just chanting along yeah and let them fill that space and that gap and take the stress on and try and get them involved in the situation because you can't put music on so yeah, there's, the there's things that you can do to adapt and we've done that in the past yeah um if you something happens with the cdjs the music cuts out and they've got to swap them over then obviously having a mic ready as well yeah have you used the mic much to get out of technical situations? I have done, yeah. Just like, you know, kind of being honest advertising. Like, <laughs> there's a problem going on. I'm trying to fix it. But yeah. I think the the hardest thing to do when things do happen to you as a DJ is like not lose your cool about it. you got to just, you know, I've had Serato crash and yeah. it's like, just get on with it. It happens and it's like, you can't panic about it or yeah. get flustered or anything. Just get on with it. I suppose that's a good one if, if, if you're using a laptop and it crashes, you yeah. still have the audio from the mixer and you can straight away pick yeah. up a microphone and you can start doing like, ollie, 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 yeah, ollie, anything that. like that to try yeah. and engage the crowd and fill the silence or just explain to them you're having technical issues, it'll be back on in a minute, but you're better off trying to in, like get them involved in what's going For sure, on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, super useful. Yeah, is having a microphone to hand. Yeah, um, if the venue can provide one, great. If not, I'd, it's worth investing in one. I've yeah. got to say, it's something that I did. I was really nervous about using a microphone for like years when I started DJing, and mm. I never used one. Um, but it can really elevate your set, especially if you're like a resident DJ playing yeah. to a party crowd. It really is such a useful tool that you can take your sets up to the next level. Yeah. So for I sure. actually, I actually took a specific gig to do this. So. It was a new residency coming up and it was a very commercial gig where literally it was the sports societies from our city and yep. it's a common night. It's a Wednesday night in Leeds. It's like sports society night where they'll all go out and they just want to hear like cheese. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> Sing-alongs, party tunes. Party tunes. All they want. It's, like, it's like you were playing a wedding wedding night really, yeah, but fun. to a club, mm -hmm. which is super fun, but you've got to use a microphone because there's not an abundance of mixing. There is some mixing you can do, but it's more about the tunes you're playing mm. and you sort of fill in the gaps in between. Um, you're engaging the crowd, doing lots of crowd interaction. Yeah. Um, sort of like question and answer or, you know, who's ready for 
whatever and then you drop in that track in and yeah yeah all that kind of stuff works really well uh, yeah. but i took that gig because i knew it forced me out of my comfort zone and onto the microphone so yeah. that's something else as well to think about is is there a way that you can force yourself out of your comfort zone uh, a bit and put yourself in a situation where you can kind of learn a new skill definitely uh, it's only by putting yourself in that situation you kind of learn it and what's the worst that can happen you make a fool of yourself and uh Get over it. Move on. That's it. <laughs> yeah, one of them. Okay, worst gigs. Any 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 memorable like uh, gigs which just did not go to plan or just any reasons people need to watch out for? I've had right. So going back to the laptop thing, DJing with a laptop twice in my entire career of using a laptop while DJing, I've had two laptops swilled, full of drink all over it, and it just busted the laptop completely. Now there's like a few. It's a nightmare, really, especially if you're a working DJ and you've got like you know gigs for the next three days after that it's like you need your laptop if you rely on it so yeah. one thing i would say to people if you're going out and you're a working dj and use a laptop is get insurance for it because it saved me twice having to do that you know not having to go and pay for a whole new computer yeah. again and back covered. up your music exactly yeah. yeah back up everything like the amount of times that i've got my library backed up and another dj's company like have you got your library my laptop's died i'm having to borrow someone's like yeah have you got a hard drive i can use your music and i'm yeah. like yeah here like take the hard drive yeah and then they can just use my library for that gig that night and it yeah. saves their back but obviously even better still have your own library saved for sure um but so help important. others out if they need help as well in situations like that that's a, that's a really good point mm. um what about you um just yeah when i've been too drunk too drunk yeah. <laughs> with the drunk it's, thing it's it can a, go either way you know it's like sometimes you have some of the best nights and you listen back to yourself if you recorded your set you're like oh maybe shouldn't have played that but then yeah. like sometimes it really works See, I, I never used to remember what i'd played but i'd look at my history <laughs> yeah, and the next like, day the history yeah. i'm like oh no <laughs> why, why did i mix that into that yeah what did i do there I'm like yeah. Who knows, like, you know, I've got too carried away and got almost blackout drunk DJing, yeah. which I don't recommend you doing, but I guarantee a lot of people are going to do it because it goes hand in hand. It's part of the scene. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, well, I know I know you're not the same, Danny, but I've had many no. a nights where I've got too drunk, which is not, you know, it's not something to commemorate. No. Um, but I, I did enjoy partying as well as DJing. <laughs> so I kind of wanted the best of both worlds. And yeah. sometimes it backfires. And they're definitely the, the least memorable gigs because I don't remember them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But also because there's knock-on effects and there's things where, you know, you you know you're not doing the best job yeah. possible. So that's a knock-on effect on your reputation. It's a knock-on effect, you know, on, on the night that you're playing at and you want to, you know, do a great job. So that's something to bear in mind is limit, you know, don't, you don't have to go teetotal, but, no, but be, just, be, yeah. be careful how much you drink, especially because once you get really in there with promoters and you get a regular gig, it's very easy to be like, oh, are we having a drink tonight? You know, they want you yeah. to be having fun. The amount of times they're like, oh, are you leaving the car at home? This is a promoter encouraging yeah, you. Like, yeah. You're leaving the car at home. We're all going to have a drink. Like, yeah. you're like, right, yeah, cool. But then they'll just bring a bottle into the DJ booth and like, here's um, a bottle for you. And it's like, I'm one person. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, you've yeah. got to set those limits. And there's times where there's a bottle there and you just get carried away because you're having fun. And then, yeah, yeah. then you won't drink too many. What about best gigs? Best gigs. Best moments. Um, so my my most memorable gigs when I look back on my career, yep. it's just, it's a it's the opposite. So it's the tiny gigs and mm. it's the huge gigs. So I did a Monday night at one of like the best clubs in Leeds, which was Mint Club. It was a really yeah. cool club. But it was a student night that we did there. And it was so it was a regular slot. It was every Monday. So we got to really get to know the crowd. But it was in this really cool venue yeah. that wasn't huge. It only held a couple hundred people. And the night got super popular where it was like 
you know, you had to get buy the tickets as soon as it got released and then it sold out every single week and it was amazing. And we built that night up over a couple of years mm. and what it allowed us to do is we played a lot of the standard student music to begin with. And then what we did is dedicate the last hour of the <laughs> night to just like cooler music. Yeah. And we started digging deeper that me and the other DJs that were playing that night would dig deeper and, and share this like new energy and music that was of its time. It was the kind of thing where we were playing disclosure before disclosure were, had released any songs. It's yeah. like, you know, when they're just putting stuff out on SoundCloud, mm-hmm. we were playing a lot of stuff like that. We were playing artists like French fries and we were yeah. playing who else? It's stuff like, you know, back catalogs of like Diplo and things and then yeah. all drum and bass, you know, just the up and coming drum and bass artists and yeah. really diving deep. And it allowed us to kind of experiment in that last part of the night, which was amazing mm. for us. But it also added something unique to the night and people started to come for that part of the night. Yeah. And what happened is eventually the night started switching over and over and the standard student stuff became less and less. And we added more and more of like the cooler music and the, you know, the cutting edge music. Yeah. And it turned into a pretty cool student night. Yeah. Yeah. But it was playing really good music. So they're some of my most memorable gigs and favorite gigs because it was intimate. Um, the DJ booth was basically like, you felt like you're in the crowd really, you know, it was basically imagine that you've got a booth and you've got a tiny little glass panel that's only the height of the CDJs and then there's the crowd. They could lean over and touch the decks if they want. Yeah. And there's a couple hundred people there, this amazing light ceiling and it, it yeah. just created a, a great vibe. So there's some memorable ones. And then the flip side is the big gigs. So I've done a couple of like 2000 capacity venues and had residencies there as well. Mm. I know you have as well, Danny, and we've actually yeah. played together at some of these. Um, yeah. And they're some of my memorable ones where they've got big DJs on or we're, you know, doing the whole night, but it's 2,000 people and it's a lot more big room, EDM, dance music, hands in the air, let's go crazy. Just, and they put a lot of production into the night. So there's there's all the pyrotechnics. Yeah, there was flames, everything. Crazy, (laughs) uh... like dancers, you know, girls in rings doing acrobatics yeah. and things it was and probably like the closest that a resident could get to doing like a tomorrowland sort of thing 100 percent. because they tried to fun. bring that in they did yeah and it i used really to love good. it at a project on our saturday night when we worked mm. together the, where the, it was in an o2 academy where there's a it's a gig venue so they have a balcony that runs all the way around and yeah. every week they used to have these huge balloons like I don't yeah know, yeah six foot wide balloons they were huge yeah maybe more that they just throw off the balcony at yeah. a certain point and then they'd set all the co2 off and it looked literally like a yeah. mini festival it was there, like a festival so. yeah, it was great yeah loved it definitely some of my are they yeah. your similar most memorable I'd, yeah i definitely put projects up there especially like the new year's eve gigs i mean i'm doing it this year as well which i'm really excited for that'll be really good but the new year's ones were always the best yeah end of year everyone up for it uh but then I'd also say some of my most favorite gigs and memorable moments have been warm-ups, whether that's for another resident who's on after me or whether it's for an artist or whatever who's playing on the night. But the warm-up gigs have always been my favorite, really, just because you've kind of got the challenge of you start with an empty room and then you've got to build everyone up to get to the to the peak point and then you let them go to someone else. Yeah, It's just so much fun. I feel like you Or can sometimes ex- it's for yourself. Warming oh, yeah, yourself completely. is also great. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you have so much fun with it because I feel like it forces you to dig for more tunes that you wouldn't play in any other part of the night. It's like you're looking for all these tracks that you think, oh, well, I wouldn't play this in a main set, but I can put it here and do this and then go in this direction or that direction. I, I don't know. That's where I got the most fun as a DJ, doing warm-ups. Yeah. 
I always look at the back catalogues there. Even now yeah. to this day, there's times where I'll come across songs like, I haven't heard that in years. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. such a throwback. Love it. Absolutely love it. And then they're the ones that you want to include in your warm-up sets usually. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the genre, but that you want to include in your warm-up sets because if you're getting that response to it, then it's likely that the you know, people that are starting their night out will get yeah. a similar response and it just evokes that sort of like happiness in people, doesn't it? That's, you know, it brings them up, which is what you want so sure. um i think to round this off obviously we'll talk way more in the podcast about our yeah. gigs and if it's something you you know want us to talk more about then let us know in the discord the links are in the description to the podcast and you can go in there and write questions and we'll answer them each week um but just to kind of round that off i think the main thing is to analyze what's working and what's not working when yeah. you're live in that environment there's only so much preparation you can do prior to it yeah you just got to get in the environment. And once you're in that environment, just make sure you're analyzing what's happening. Yeah. Don't get too fixated on like doing the best mixing possible and head down, like trying to do something really crazy and performance based when mm -hmm. actually you need to just get your head up and you think, well, they're not vibing to the music I'm playing. So that's more important that I switch the music I'm playing than do this cool trick. Yeah, for sure. Um, so always analyze what's working. Listen to the crowd. You know, you can hear them over the music a lot of the time. If there's screams, if there's yells, like you're doing you're dropping tracks in the right way or you're dropping the right songs at the right time, then yeah. know that and, and and know that, okay, I need to do more of that. And when it's just a bit flat and people are leaving the dance floor, then yeah. Switch it. Switch it. Yeah. Um, okay. So Loz, Lawrence isn't here this week. So nope. we, we've started in season four, this higher or lower challenge, we have, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it's been me and Danny against each other. So yeah. I, but I don't, I don't want to stop doing it. No. So it might just take a bit longer this time. And you can play along. But we're going to do it. We're going to do a drum and bass edition. Yeah. Okay. We both like drum and bass. We do. Um, I don't know how... So I haven't looked at this. But all I've got is a list of drum and bass artists. And right. we'll start at the top. And then I'll, I'll have to search as we go through okay. live during the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> whether it's higher or lower. Right. So let me find the first so one. So Jamie is player and referee at the same time. Yeah. I promise I'm not going <laughs> to cheat. Promise. I am two nil up, so I must. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I need to bring it back. I got. I got some my life out. So who are we starting? Right. With? Okay. High contrast. Okay. What is he? He is one point one million monthly listeners. That is a lot. That is high, isn't it? Yeah. So right from there, right. one point one. It's going to be hard to go back and forth. Right. One point one. Then let's go to next guy. Right. I'm right. not looking. I'm not looking. Okay. So. So we higher, higher or lower, or lower than, than 1.1. Next guy. He's had some big hits. High has. contrast is consistent. Very true. He's got so many. Right. I'm going to go higher. You're going to go higher. Ooh. Just by a bit though. I think he yeah. might just be a tiny bit over maybe. I'll go lower. Just okay. For a I'll go lower. Go on, okay. It? Right. So it is 1.8. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Higher. Higher than I thought. Well it would be, done. Yeah. Nice. Okay. You keep okay, one track. <laughs> uh, this is hard to keep track. Yeah. Guess and do right. Okay. Right. The next one. So it's one point eight. Next yep. one's chasing status. Oh, okay. Ooh. One point eight mil chasing status higher or lower? I'd, I'm gonna go higher. Yeah, I'd say higher because I've just had an album out as well. Okay. Um, chasing status. Why are they? Two point four. Yeah, okay. So right. it's point one, one point. No, uh, you got, got two. two. Yeah. You got oh, two. <laughs> it's going well. I'm not keeping track of yours. <laughs> okay. <as well. laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Two. So two point four, and then we're going Andy C. Oh, lower. Yeah, I'm going to go lower as well. 2.4 to, yeah, 418,000. Yeah. So we got that one. Next is Shy Effects. 
Mm. Oh yeah, he's he's got a bit higher. Got a bit higher, hasn't he? For sure. Maybe I've made that too easy. This is a hard thing with not pre-checking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, one point four mil. Yeah. Right. Okay. One point four mil. Shy effects. Right. DJ Fresh. Mm. Oh, this is difficult. I'm gonna go higher. What was the number again? One point four. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'd say higher. <laughs> 1.4, 2.2 million. Wow. Yeah. That's way higher than I thought it'd be. Pick up DJ Fresh. Yeah, go on. Um, drum sound and bass line Smith. Lower. Yeah, it will be lower, won't it? That yeah. was probably not a good one to put after. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll double check, though, just in case. Yeah, 195,000. All oh, right. Just yeah. way lower. Okay. Right, so that's five. You've got six. six yeah. oh, so I think you've won because I don't think I can win now. Uh, I have two more. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, yeah go for it. So DJ Hazard. Oh. Because, again, not huge. No, but yeah, you've got two big anthems for him. Yeah. It's like, uh, what was it? 100,000, 100, sorry. 100 and something thousand. I can go back if need be. I'd, I'd say higher. Let's say higher. I'm going to say higher as well. Oh, 116,000. Oh, what was the last one? <laughs> <laughs> Bring back loss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, no, it was 195,000 versus 116,000. So, oh, it was so lower. So, we're both wrong. Uh, okay. Right. Okay. So, I think you've won. But let's just do the last yeah, one go on is Wilkinson, which. Oh, he's got to be way higher. higher. Yeah. So, Wilkinson's yeah. Great. Laws, we need you back. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. By the way, Laws is Lawrence. Like, you know, just. Yeah. If anyone was wondering, yeah, 2.3 million oh, wow. <laughs> on Wilkinson. So okay, you so won that one. I got five. Seven. Yeah. Well done, Danny. Well, okay. You clawed one back. Yeah, Two, one. 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 Right. We'll, well that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Hopefully, Lawrence will be back in the studio next week off his holidays. Um, yeah. We'll make sure he doesn't talk about it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just remember, check out wearecrossfader.co.uk for all of our online DJ education courses and everything in between. And go check out all the socials and YouTube for our latest videos that we talk about in the podcast as well. And if you want to get questions in for us to answer, just join the Discord. It's simple as that. And we'll do our best to answer the questions and keep sharing. So thanks for listening and take it easy. Thank you.